1: That is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself.
0: Listen to Pastor Oti Bawati as Christ is magnified
1: in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a blessing to be with you once again this beautiful Sunday morning. I know that you're being blessed. I know that the Lord is helping you and increasing you on every side. Praise the Lord. I want us to share a of prayer, and then we'll start. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who is here with us, guiding us and leading us. Thank you that your word is working in us. The ministry of your word and the ministry of your spirit are working together this morning, causing us to move from one level of glory to the other, even in Jesus' name. Amen. We receive the word of God with meekness and with gladness and with faith as well, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I've been sharing concerning giving to God. Giving to God. And I've shared so many things, so many beautiful things with you. I think on Wednesday I was sharing concerning the three very important steps to helping you. There's a fourth step but then. I'll talk to you about it very soon. And I mentioned the first step as well. Changing your thought pattern. Changing your thinking. If you don't change your thinking concerning prosperity... You are doomed. You will be forever poor. You have to change your thinking concerning prosperity. Then I shared concerning the second one which has to do with speaking, talking. Talking your way up. Talk your way up. Always remind yourself that you are the, the righteousness of God in Christ, Jesus, and hence you are prosperous. You are an heir of God. You are joint heir together with Christ. He has made him ruler over all things. He has made him heir over all things. And we are joint heirs together with him. You say those things to yourself over and over and again too. Condition your heart some more. So the more you change your mindset, the more you talk. And the more you talk, the more your mindset is changed. It works hand in hand. Praise And then the third thing is about giving. Getting yourself involved with the covenant of giving. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is important to give. Without giving, you will not see much happening around you. You need to give. The more you give, the more you receive. Praise the Lord. Just imagine eating a lot of food. Maybe you went for a buffet with the president of your country. And he has a special invite, special dinner with him. And you want to keep the food that you ate as a souvenir. To remind you of what you ate in your stomach. I mean, no matter how powerful you are, you can't keep the food up to a point. After some time, after some days, it has to come out. It becomes toxic to your body and must be ejected out, do you see? The excitement of eating is in giving out. If you don't allow some to go out, you can't eat more. You'll be rushed to the hospital. You'll have to start digging your grave. If you are just going to be putting in and not releasing. It's the same thing with giving. The excitement of having and receiving is found in releasing, giving. The more you give, the more you receive. The more you give. If you don't give out, you will not receive. If your hands are full, all the time, nobody can add anything up to you. So the more you give, the more you receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I, sh- I started sharing with you on um, a number of things. What giving means, last Sunday. And uh, I mentioned that, if you remember, the very first thing I mentioned was that giving... Is something that is well pleasing to God. It expresses how pleasing you are to God, isn't it? It becomes a memorial before God. That was the first point. Then the second point was giving is an expression of your righteousness. I shared too many things on it. Then the third thing was giving is is light, if you remember. Giving is light, giving is an expression of how great your light or your darkness is. Amazing. Then I shared on the fourth point, which is giving is love, giving proves the sincerity. Of your love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will give your best to prove the sincerity of your love. Do you see? And this morning, I want to share briefly concerning the fifth and the sixth point. You know, but before I do so, you know, sometimes when we talk about some of these things, some Christians close the door to some of these very wonderful things that I expressed and mentioned in the Bible. They prefer the other way. They prefer being ripped off or being duped. Do you see? They prefer getting into trouble and going to a certain man or God, a certain prophet somewhere. And then the prophet sells, gives them oil, pomade, water, handkerchief, shitty. cocoa, sticker, soup. It's like you're buying provisions. And one is at, is at 100 Ghana cities. One small bottle of uh, oil is 100 cities. You know, a friend of mine was telling me, how he went to a certain place like that. He said that he spent about 500 cities before entering the church. You know, And they sold a special oil for about 200 Ghana cities. And the special oil, you see the prophet with it, and he takes the oil and pours it out into a basin and prays for you. And then you go out without the oil. And then that same oil is rebottled into the same bottles for the next service. Very smart guy. these things will not start today it's been there for a very long time it's been there for those who refuse to practice the covenant of giving end up being ripped off by all kinds of people if you read in John John chapter 2 from verse 13 every institution needs money to run including the church it needs money to run and if you get into a place where you are not giving. You have the prophets designing all kinds of things to take money from people. They make the house of God a place of merchandise. This is in the Bible. John chapter 2, from the states. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and changes of money sitting. These are things that are, were needed for the sacrifice for the church, for the ministry. Do you see? And these guys were sitting inside the church building selling these things. And you can imagine the price. It will not be the same as the one that is outside the church. You found in the temple, those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting because people would come from various parts of the world with different money. So they, they had people who were changing money. Forex bureaus were inside the church building. They were inside the church. You come, you change your money, you buy what you're supposed to buy. For the worship, look at the next verse. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple, and the sheep and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money, and overthrew the tables. He got angry. So God does not like that means of getting money from God's children. He doesn't like it. It's something that does not please God. You shouldn't sell things. No prophet should sell something to you for you to be blessed. No, it's not supposed to be like that. God blesses the covenant of giving and receiving and he hates this thing that is done making a business out of the kingdom of God the things that relates to God for you to get money as a preacher it's not supposed to be like that some of these guys are on TV and it takes so much to be on TV so they need money they need uh, they need about 150,000 to be on TV for a month so whatever they will do to get that money they'll do to get that money what it means is that they have to take it from your pocket and there's no blessing with it. It doesn't come with any blessing because you didn't give, you were extorted. And you allowed yourself to be extorted. <laughs> and when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple. And the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. Look at what he said in verse 16. And said unto them, that so does, take these things hence, take them out. Make not my father's house a house of merchandise. Don't make my father's house a place, a marketplace. A place of getting money, receiving money, exchanging goods for money. Says, Don't make my father's house like that because my father's house is a place. It's a house of prayer. So be involved. Be interested in giving and receiving rather than allowing yourself to be duped. One of these days by one of these people because you're in trouble. The more you give and receive, the more blessed you are. Make it rich without sorrow. There's no sorrow that adds up to you. You are, you are in a different class altogether. I don't know if you like what I'm telling you. So the fifth point with respect to what giving is, is that giving shows how submitted you are to the gospel. Your giving shows how submitted you are to God, to the gospel. The more you give to the house of God, the more you give to God, the more you demonstrate that you are submitted to the gospel. It shows, it describes and explains how submitted you are to the gospel. So the question is: Are you submitted to the gospel? Are you submitted to the gospel? Are you how submitted are you to the gospel? Are you a master of the gospel, or the gospel is master over you? I was sharing with some one one of the groups that I shared with you during the week, you know, and uh, I mentioned um, something. If I call Pastor Eugene, said, if I call Pastor Eugene to come, he will come to me. He will stand up and come to me. Why would he stand up and come to? me? Because he feels I'm important in his life. So an instruction to come is important. He believes there's something very, it's honorable. He believes that he submitted to that instruction, he will come. Because he knows that there's someone who is greater than he is, who is calling him. If a two-year-old or a four-year-old should come and stand here and say, come. Let's say my son comes to tell you, come. He's doing this, he'll knock him, he'll give him a dirty knock. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because it's just a small boy. How dare you call me to come? Why do you want me to move from where I am and come to where you are? Who is supposed to come to who? Yeah. You are the one who is supposed to come to me. Because I'm, I'm, I'm older than you. Yeah. My instructions matter. Your instructions do not matter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the more submitted you are to something, the more you respond to that thing. Do you see? So when God calls for something, God calls for money, God calls for you to give... The level at which you respond shows how submitted you are to God and to his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you look at Second Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 12, 2 Corinthians 9:12. For the administration of this service not only supplied the want of the saints, but is abandoned also by many thanksgivings unto God. He says because of their giving, because of the Corinthian church's giving. It was going to be, it was not just going to supply the wants of the people, of the saints that were in Jerusalem who were struggling with one thing or with famine. If you remember, I mentioned this the last time. He says, it is also abandoned by many thanksgivings unto God. Because of your giving, many people will give thanks to God. God will receive thanksgiving, which is actually what our lives are there for. We are set as praise to the glory of God. Our lives are set as a praise to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next verse, verse 13. Then he says, as a result of your ministry. This is King James. He says, whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. I don't know if you're catching it. He says, they will give thanks to God and at the same time, the administration, whilst by the experiment of this administration, they glorify God for the professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ. They will glorify God, recognizing the fact that you are subjected to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So your giving is a, is is a show of how submitted you are to the gospel. Because we are not preaching something else; we are preaching to you the gospel, the good news, the the, the gospel of God's word. Do you see? Have you have you believed the gospel? If you believe the gospel, you sponsor the gospel. When it talks to you, when it says give, you will give. Look at the NLT. I saw you show us the NLT. Maybe it will help us. Verse 13. It says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. It's a proof. Your giving is a proof of your obedience to the good news, which is the gospel of Christ. So how obedient are you? How obedient are you to the gospel? Does the gospel have control over you? You're giving shows. You're giving shows. And how much you give shows is a demonstration of how submitted you are to the good news. If the gospel says, let's get this done because of the house of God, will you move? You have to move because I'm submitted to the gospel. Therefore, whatever it says to do, I'll do it. Hallelujah. I don't know if you're catching it. Yeah. Whatever it says to do, you do. If you read in Philippians chapter 1 from verse 2, let's read Philippians chapter 1 from verse 2. It says, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you or making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Let's read the Amplified of this so that you understand it very well. Verse 5 says, I thank my God for your fellowship, your sympathetic cooperation, and contributions, and partnership in advancing the good news, the gospel, from the first day you had it until now. These guys were interested in contributing to the gospel to go. Because the gospel must be oiled, The, the wheels of the gospel must be oiled to be able to move from one place to the other. We are building a church for the Lord, a very huge cathedral, I'm going to show it to you today, a very huge cathedral for the Lord. How is that cathedral going to show up? It's going to show up through people who are submitted to the gospel. Through people who believe that this thing is worth being done. And I know you are one of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are one of them. You are submitted to the gospel. If you go to chapter 4, Paul talks about this same group of people. Chapter 4 verse 15. Look at verse 15. He says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. The other churches did not understand. They had not yet been submitted and subjected to the gospel. They had heard it, but they didn't know. They didn't have that wisdom, that knowledge, that revelation that they needed to give for the gospel to go. They needed to submit to the gospel. It was only the Philippian church that had that revelation. I don't know if you're seeing it. It says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but he only. No church apart from the Philippian church. The Philippian church were involved. They were submitted. That whole church was submitted to the gospel. And they were ready to do anything for the gospel to go forward. So it is to this same Philippian church that they said, my God shall supply all your needs. That's in verse 19. Because we're submitted and subjected to the gospel, he said, My God, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Because they we're interested in giving and receiving. They were, they were, doing, they were trading with, with the ministry, with God along that line. They gave to God and they received. The more they gave, the more they received. He says, Nobody communicated with me apart from you. No other church communicated with me apart from you. So rise decided I'm going to be subject to the gospel whatever the gospel says whatever is needed whatever is required i'm ready to do it even before it is mentioned i'm ready before it is said i'll take notice of it you should grow to notice when some things are required and needed do you see you should know you should know that this is required at this time this is needed at this time do you see mary mary who came to anoint jesus's feet anointed his feet with oil anointed him before his burial, six days before his burial, she had revelation to know that Jesus will have that need. His body will need to be unbound. <laughs> Can you imagine? And so it's six days earlier and supplied God's need. God had a need and she came in to come and supply. There's a need. God has needs. God does have needs. And he always calls his children to help get things done. He says God is unwilling to do without a cheerful Prompt to do its giver whose, give, whose heart is in this giving. God is unwilling to abandon or to do without. So decide to be subjected, subjected to the gospel. I'm subjected to the gospel. Whatever the Lord wants, I'm ready. The Lord will find me all the time and He will always use me to do what He wants done. Let's read it. 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 9, verse 4. Go to verse 6. He says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now let's read the next verse, verse 7. It says, and every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Let's read the amplified of this verse. It says, let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves, He takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon, or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do its giver, whose heart is in His giving. You see, since God is unwilling to abandon, and when God sees that you are, you are into giving, you are subjected to the gospel, He keeps coming back to you. God will keep coming back to you. So some of you have given. God is expecting you to give again. Go back to Philippians chapter 4. Look at verse 16. Philippians 4, 16. He says, "For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again, unto my necessity. They didn't just send once. They sent once and again. So God wants you to give again and again. He says, God is unwilling to abandon or to do without. Every project God wants to do, He'll come to you and come and ask you, "I'm going to do this. Can you help me? Can you get me some money to get it done? God will always come to you. He will always come to you. He will always come to you, because he knows that you are subjected to the gospel. You are submitted to the gospel. Whatever the gospel says, you are ready. Whatever the word of God requires, whatever is needed for the gospel to move, you are, you are ready. Always ready to do above and beyond. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is interested in giving and receiving. Like I said, Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Point number six. Giving is an expression of the grace of God that you have in your life. Giving is an expression of the grace of God that you have operating in your life. Your giving is an expression of the grace of God that you have received or you have you have operating in your life. The Bible says that God giveth grace to the humble. He talks about grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Your giving is an expression of the grace of God that is a, that is operational in your life. If the grace of God is a lot in your life. You are not afraid of giving everything you have. (laughs) There's no fear because you know that God is at work within you. Grace is God at work in you. So your giving is a show of the level at which God is at work in you. How high is the working, is the operation of God in you? And guess what? The Bible says that he's able to do, if you read Ephesians chapter, chapter 3, verse 20, he says, my God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. Okay, let's read it. Very well. Ephesians 3.26 Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Have you seen it? God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. But he does it according to the power that worketh in us. Now what is that power that works in us? The grace of God. The grace of God is the level of the power of God that is at work within you. So your giving is a show of what you can receive. What God can do for you. Now, until that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Do you see? According to the power that worketh in us. Your giving is a show. It shows how much you expect God. Or what are you looking forward to when it comes to God? Do you believe that He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think? He says it is dependent on the power that's at work within you. And that power is the grace of God. So in 1 Corinthians 15:10, Paul said something in 1 Corinthians 15:10. Let's look at it. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they are. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He says, I did so much for the Lord. It was because of the grace of God. The grace of God is the power of God. It's God's work. God at work in you is the grace of God. That causes you to produce results in every aspect of your life. So your giving is an expression of the glory of God, the grace of God that is at work in you and that shows us what you expect from god can you expect so much from god people have given their house their houses given things people have given airplanes why because they knew that the god who's at work within them is able to supply everything they didn't care what they were giving because they knew the grace of god was working in them to a certain level so it's a show it's a demonstration of how 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 much grace is at work in your life Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, from verse 1. Oh, I love this. I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying what I'm sharing with you. 2 Corinthians 8, from verse 1. It says, "Moreover, of brethren, we do you to wait of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. It says, we want you to go back, go to verse 1. Let's read a lighter version. This is amplified. It says, we want to tell you further, brethren, about the grace, the favor, and spiritual blessing of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia. There's a grace that became evident in the churches of Macedonia. Then he says, "That grace aroused in them the desire to give alms. That grace aroused in them the desire to give alms. So if the grace of God is working in your life in a certain way, it will move you to give. It will move you to give a certain amount, to give something of worth of note to God. David said, "I'll not give God anything that will not cost me." That widow, that poor widow in Mark chapter 12, came to give everything that she had. All she had was a two mites. Jesus said she has given all her life. She has given her living. That was the grace of God working in her life. We want to tell you further, brethren, about the grace, the favor and spiritual blessing of God, which has been evident in the churches of Macedonia, arousing in them the desire to give alms. Next verse, verse 2. For in the midst of an ordeal of severe tribulation, The abundance of joy and their depth of poverty together have overflowed in wealth of lavish generosity on their part. Can you imagine that the grace of God was working in them so much that even though they were in poverty, deep poverty, their deep poverty clashed with the grace of God and the grace of God overflowed that poverty and they ended up giving so much, so much, they gave all that they had. Can you imagine? Next verse, verse 3. For us, I can bear witness. They gave according to their ability. Yes. And beyond their ability. And they did it voluntarily. They did it voluntarily. They gave according to their ability. Yes. And beyond their ability. The grace of God in them caused them to give beyond their ability. Beyond what they would on a normal day do. Is the grace of God working in your life? I see that grace. That same grace is working in your life. Causing you to do above and Beyond. Go beyond what you, are, what you are used to. Go beyond what you have calculated in your mind. and do it voluntarily. They gave so much. They gave so much, Paul was not ready to even receive what they were giving. They were escaping and passing around under his hands to come and give. Look at the next verse, verse 4. The message from verse 3. I was there and saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could. Far more than they could afford. Why were they doing this? Because the grace of God was working. They knew that what they are giving is cannot be compared with what we are going to receive. They were ready to receive in abundance, so they were ready to give. Giving goes with receiving. Is the receiving part that the fourth one comes with faith and work, faith and work. And I'll discuss that with you as we go on. I'm going to use the whole month of August to. Talk to you about giving. The dynamics of giving. Sometimes people give their money and then they say they don't work. They don't do anything. They don't put their faith to work. So they wonder, hey, what has happened? It's like, my money has not come. You need to work. You need to work. After you have given, the vehicle that helps you to have the blessing of God show forth in your life is your work. What are you touching? What are you doing? You must do something. Don't just get to know about giving. You must know that what happens post-giving? When you give, what happens? What do you do? You need to work. You need to do something. Or else you curse God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next verse, verse 4. 2 Corinthians 8, 4. He says, Begging us most insistently for the favor and the fellowship of contributing this ministration for the relief and support of the saints in Jerusalem. They were ready. They were begging for Paul to receive. So that they can be part of this particular giving. You see, there are things that you should make sure you are part of because it will be a blessing for your life forever. The Bible says, as long as this earth remains, seed, time, and harvest will never cease. There's a time to, to sow your seed. The harvest never ends. The harvest keeps going. Until you have harvested, you are not living this earth. says so seed time and harvest. There's no harvest time. Harvest goes all the way. But the time to sow a seed will end. For instance, the time to sow a seed for this particular building that we are constructing, will cease after some time there wouldn't be a need for any money to go into that particular building and whatever blessing that particular structure came with will not be enjoyed by certain people because we're not part they didn't see when the time came for them to give there's a time coming when you can't do certain things with god it will be too late the other mary's came to the tomb of jesus to come and anoint his body but it was too late the time to have done that had passed it was too late so for some people it becomes too late for them to give Know when it is time to sow. This is the time to sow. It is most important now. There's a young man in church who always says something. He's a giver. He's one of our top givers. He always says something. He always says that, Pastor, I want to do it now. Because there's a time coming when it will not be important to you anymore. There's a time coming when this will not mean anything to you. Because so many people will be doing it. It will not mean anything. This is the time to give. To give something that will mean something for God in this house. In what we are doing. There's a time coming when a hundred thousand dollars will not be anything. When five hundred thousand dollars will not mean anything, because so many individuals were giving it. What are you going to do now? Now that it is most important, do something. They gave beyond the ability, beyond the ability. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. There are some wonderful people standing by right now. We are going to have a short talk show. I've said some things, but I want I want you to hear more from other people who oh, have practiced this thing that I'm telling you, and I've had some results. So I, w- I want them to, there's a wonderful uh, talk show that is happening right now, right now. And I want to hand over to them so that you hear them, and I'll be back after the talk show and show you a video, a video clip of what the structure, the south what we are building, and the level we have gotten to, and all those things, so that you can understand what is going on and what we are using your money for. God bless you. I hand over to you, Pastor Kia. God bless you.
2: Thank you, Daddy, and welcome, everyone, to Alpha Studio. And with me this morning, going to talk more about our up and coming seed sewing conferences. Pastor Philip Fimponbo-Eddie from Artsafo Church. I have um, Pastor Roland Asamoah from Santa Church. Church. And then I have Brother Elder Patrick Jaga from Alpha. And mighty many are welcome to today's session.
3: Thank you. Monica. Thank you. And
2: It's such a great blessing to be talking about our Up and Coming Seed sowing Conference with you. You know, I have so much expectation in my heart that by the time we are done with this, I'm going to be blessed and the entire congregation and all our viewers from across over the nations or the world are also going to be blessed by what we are going to be talking about this morning. In order that we don't take too much time, I think we should just kick start today's discussion so when we say sit sewing sit sewing sit sewing i know daddy has said a lot about it already from last week sunday and then wednesday but what at all are we talking about when we say sit sewing elder patrick can you help us
4: okay for me actually come 16th august that's today's week i actually think that what is happening is a battle seed sowing conference is actually a battle. It's happening that day on the 16th of August. Battle because when it comes to Christians, we we have to take some things very serious. And one of the things that we have to take very serious is seed sowing. That's how come I've termed it as a battle. And with this battle, you need to come prepared. You need to come with your armory. And I think God is preparing us in a very special way to come on 16th and then actually win this battle. In fact, the battle has already been won. It's actually a battle where there is going to be food served in the presence of our enemies. In fact, it's a battle where we are coming to take spoils. At least uh, I know King James put it that way that we're coming for spoils, we're coming for money, we're coming for jewelry. I don't know whether you've heard people, I mean, going around and say, oh, this girl... In Poppy's Poilam. Yeah, in spoil <laughs> Poilam with money. That's what is going to happen on the 16th. as a battleground, and Daddy has been preparing us. We also need to prepare ourselves to come and meet the Lord and taking a lot of goodies, goodies. You don't have to come to the battle wearing socks. What that means is that if you are coming to on the 16th, and you are coming with 100 Ghana cities, you are coming with 50 Ghana cities. You are wearing socks to the battle. You're not (laughs) going to win, actually. It's a battle where we are coming with sophisticated machines. And the least that you can come with, 700 Ghana cities. And that's just the drone. So just imagine, people need to come with machine guns. People need to come with things that we're going to celebrate. We're coming to take things. So nobody should sit With the idea that I want to be at the back of the battle, you're going to be wounded. You should know that those in front of the battle, those who want to come with big machine guns, they are actually going to go back home with victory. So for me, today's week is actually a victory Sunday celebration celebration where we are coming to taking a whole lot of goodies home. So nobody should be relaxed about it. That's what it means for me when we say sit sowing.
2: You know, when you read Matthew 6:24, the Bible says that you cannot serve two masters at the same time. Yeah. And it's amazing that the only thing Jesus describes as being or can be in a major competition with him or I mean strive for our attention as much as he Jesus seeks for our attention with him is money. Mm-hmm. So I quite much agree with you on you know explaining seed sowing from the perspective that it's some form of battle and you know like you said in a battle you can't go fighting like the way poland went to fight germany i mean germans are coming with machines and armories and then you're coming with what bow and arrow yes. i mean there's not much that you can go home uh, with yeah. pastor roland what does seed sowing mean to you
3: okay for me i believe it's a principle or it's a law that god has created for his children, most importantly believers to tap into the supernatural blessings of God. What I mean by it's a law is the fact that when you read in Genesis eight twenty two, the Bible says when the the ark landed on the dry ground, the Bible made us believe that Noah came out with his family to make a sacrifice to God. Mm-hmm. And when God was pleased with the sacrifice Noah made, God established that law, that principle. And I, I want us to read it from verse 22. The Bible says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. That oh. means it's a lot that God has set for everyone who wants to enjoy his supernatural blessings to tap into. So coming 16, 16th, it's an opportunity God has given this house. We do it once every year mm-hmm. to, to be able to, you know, sow your best. Into the kingdom of God. To be able to receive something. I don't know what you're expecting from God. I don't know what you're expecting from God this year. This year God has declared the year as a 10 in one year. year. And there's a way to enjoy it. One of the ways to enjoy it is by your seed. So I believe you need to understand. Prepare your mind to be able to sow well. Next week.
2: And you know from the scripture you read. It says that seed time and harvest. it means that there is a specific time where you can sow your seed outside of that time the seed sowing it doesn't really mean much or anything like but the harvest is a consistent thing because it didn't put any caveats on harvest It just said seed time and harvest harvest. pastor philip your thoughts on seed sowing
0: okay thank you very much pastor i see seed sowing as an opportunity one of the things I've learned from one man of God, Bishop Pedro, he says that God does not need us for anything, but we need Him for everything. Mm-hmm. And one of the opportunities God gives man, in, so that you can reap a lot of things, because the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's, yeah. and we need things from the earth. So it's a great opportunity for you to assess the phantomless, the wealth that is in God and so sit so is like a sacrifice it's an opportunity for you to assess something big and so on the 16th i believe that god has given us a great opportunity there are many opportunities i mean some people are there to win an american lottery because an opportunity was given forth they applied they won and then now they become citizens of america and they are excited maybe there's another opportunity that will be open like a job opportunity mm-hmm. at a firm at United Nations and then somebody applies and then he gets the job and he's excited God is given us an opportunity on the 16th so that you can put your faith to work by sowing a seed and actually it is God who is going to pay you he's been the most faithful and the most consistently good person in the world yeah. right. man will fail you but God has no track record of failing, and he's not going to start with us. So it's a great opportunity, I believe. It's the best opportunity you can ever get in your life to go and sow a seed in Jesus' name.
2: And, you know, one other way I see this is, like, a great king um, inviting you to a banquet. And then he's just saying that for you to have access to all the good things that are in the banquet, just pay something to enter. Because you know, giving is a principle that of, as much as you are giving, you are expected to receive. Yeah, exactly. So on, on that day, God is just opening an avenue for us that, okay, the world is mine and all the wealth that is in the world is mine, according to Psalm 24, verse 1. And BB, that's how BB puts it. So God is saying that, okay, on this day, I'm just opening my treasure store. And all I need you to do is to just enter in with a token. So actually, your seed or whatever you are giving on that day is not going to change God. Neither is it going to make God's bank account extra full. It's just a way God is extending out his love to you. And it's a way of God saying that I actually want to partner with you and then do great things, change the world with you and just come in with something. You know, there is this interesting saying that um, you catch a fish with a fish using another fish as a bait yeah. i mean you can't bait god but just to give us a clearer understanding of what seed sowing in itself is about it's like you are just using a bait a smaller bait to get a bigger meat that you can consistently enjoy the benefits that come from it so i don't know what you are thinking but i believe by now your mindset about 16th August is changing yeah. by now yeah.
4: I, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually also think that at a certain point in our life, we need to grab the attention of God. Yeah. You get it. You've been sending 50 Ghana cedis to, to your beloved, your mother, and then you send the same money in Supposed. church. So God is always looking and it's like, that's what you've been saying. So God yeah. is like, well, that's what he's going to send yeah. and all that. The very moment on the 16th, you drop 10,000, you are inviting the whole of heaven You are grabbing the attention of the whole of heaven to come to your phone and be like, Charlie, something is happening You know, speaking about
2: getting heaven's attention, the man Cornelius got saved through this principle. The Bible says that uh, God sent an angel that his arms and his prayers has risen before him as a memorial. And memorial is like something that he recalls. If we're talking about in our present world, God is just in heaven and then... Suddenly, there's an, an alert. Charlie, huh? And the alert that came is like, it's, it looks so unusual. So it caused the entire attention of heaven. And then heaven looks down and is like, it's that man called Cornelius. And I think we should desire to have God say that it is so, so, and so person from this place that has given so much for the entire heaven. Because, I mean, God actually called forth a meeting mm-hmm. and he sent someone. To go and orchestrate for the salvation of one man and then eventually an entire nation and an entire generation. And you should dare in your heart to be a part of such people. Hallelujah. 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 I know you three men of God to be ardent givers. Right? I mean, and can you just share with us what has been some of the good things? I mean, why do you still keep on giving even no matter how hard the world seems to look like. I know the three of you quite well and you never withhold anything. What is the secret? Why did you do that?
0: Thank you very much. So I think I'll start and then my brothers will follow suit. First of all, I'll say I thank God for for such a heart. I believe that is the grace of God that was given to me personally. Um, it's a grace because it's not like um, i really struggle to move into that gear of sowing seed or of giving i believe that it's a special grace i, I always feel like that and to his man of god and then how he ministers to us i've had a lot of testimonies concerning giving one i'd like to share is a striking one during my school period when i was in med school when there was an opportunity to go for an exchange program. So I applied. By God's grace, I had it. And then the resources to go was another hurdle to, to, um, to try and then cross. So I was doing seed sowing time. I think then was in February. So around that time, I knew that I had qualified and all. So I went to sow a seed. I remember it was the money they had given to me. By then, there was, there was no quota. so. I guess I had, oh, I'm showing all the money my parents sent me. Wow. And then this is what I'm using it for. Okay. That's, first of all, I'll get the slot and then the money to go. Wow. And the first thing is that, by God's grace, I got a slot that was fully sponsored wow. by God's grace, um, by the the hospital that I was going to. And it will give you some pocket money as well. Wow. And it wasn't there. I thought that was enough. I mean, I got somebody to cater for my... Um, My plane ticket, somebody gave me money to cater for that. Um, Someone out of nowhere just gave me $2,000. I mean, for someone to cash out $2,000 and give it to you as your pocket money or as you are going, I sent the person a letter and then he just saw me and said, Oh, okay. So he gave me an envelope and they were fresh dollars to get it. To the glory of God. And I think that. It was all because, I mean, actually, God told me that it was because of that, the commitment I made by sowing that seed during the seed sowing conference. So from there, I have been encouraged to be sowing on different levels, increasing my giving, and God has been very great to me.
2: Wow. Wow. Pastor Roland.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, for me,
3: one of the things I learned when I came to church. Live economy at first. Uh, Pastor Kobe is the one who brought me to church. and As my shepherd, one of the things he taught me mm-hmm. was the principle of you know, seed sowing. And it's something I also learned from Pastor T, our man of God. I remember when I was doing my national service, I, I was led by God to, to sow everything that came in as my salary. Wow. So I, I, and I was seeing great testimonies by doing that. Mm-hmm. And it became a part of me. And because I was seeing results, I was encouraged to increase it. And I've really benefited. I've enjoyed so much supply from God. And one of the amazing testimonies is concerning when I was getting married. Mm -hmm. I remember um, we had one meeting in Accra, one leaders' meeting. I think it was a leaders' conference. And that time I was preparing to marry. And you know how the struggles people go through when they are getting married, trying to raise money. Because it's not an easy thing. You know, food alone can even blow your mind. Hallelujah. But thank God we have God. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember during the meeting, Daddy shared on how to marry with, I think, 5,000 like 5, cities 000 or so. Cities. Yeah. And when he was sharing with us, and one of our leaders' mom was around, uh, our mayor's mom, and she said something that really struck me. She was like, if you are trying to do something and when you check, and the money that you have is not able to accomplish what you want to do, just give it to God. Wow. Just give it to God, and God will multiply it. So when she said that, I decided to put it to work because I'm a giver. So I just loved what she said and decided to put it to work. So I remember that time I'd raised some money, my wife and myself, and we decided to sow everything. Honestly speaking, it didn't... Makes sense because it was actually about four so months. So your
2: wife agreed with you. She, she agreed. That means the woman you marry is very important. It's very important.
3: <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I remember I prayed about it and God asked us to you know, sow into the men of God we admire in church. Like those who are married. Those who admire and are married in church. We should we sow into their life. So um, I had a couple of um, men of God in mind, Pastor Uti, Pastor Kobe, Pastor Eugene, and Prophet Adam. And when I saw it, the testimony that came was amazing. When I was getting married, I remember the only thing I paid for was my wedding ring. I didn't rent a house. I didn't pay for rent. When I got married, a seven-bedroom apartment was waiting for me, right. fully finished. The only thing we bought was the curtains because they didn't know
2: what you like. yeah
3: what you like. So everything, everything
2: so you just carried Kitchen. your bag and your wife. I just, I just carried then my you wife and my
3: just moved into the house. And it's, it's one of the amazing things I've enjoyed through seed sowing. So it works. So I, I don't joke with seed sowing at all. It works. It works. So I'm encouraging you to, you know, really prepare your mind. Prepare your mind coming next week so that you'll be able to give well to God.
2: You know, the testimony you just shared is just a confirmation of the blessing of the Lord maketh yeah. rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Because yeah. I'm sure as you are moving into your matrimonial home, it was all joy and all bliss. And so now we exciting. can see the fruits of
4: that. Yeah. <laughs> Elder Patrick, how has it been for you? It's been a great journey. I actually wanted to overcome fear. Yeah. And I realized that one of the things that I'm afraid of is to let go. With whatever I have. So when I got the training of giving and all that, I didn't want money to also put me under pressure. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to control money. So I wanted to give. And one of the biggest things that happened during those times when I was going through the process was when we were about to build Alpha Alpha. And then daddy was calling for a seed. But then I was buying cement. I mean, if I get 20 sedes, 30 sedes, I go and pay cement. you counting the cost yeah, for so, your own building. You know, and I was, I was paying. And I had done that over a year. And I've had quite a number of cement. Okay. So when Daddy mentioned I went to Daddy, I said, Oh, I will give you cement and all that. They were like, wow, fine, you can bring it. I was like, Oh, I just have the receipts for it. it's like how I said, Oh, I have receipts of a number of cement that I have paid over time, and all that. So I gave everything. To be very honest with you, that night when I went home, I had to do another battle altogether. Satan was like, You are giving every all the receipts for the cement. Amazing.
2: How would you build? <laughs> so wait, man of God. You had accumulated bags of cement over a year. Yeah. And in just one day you decide to give it out. I just I just want to
4: give everything out. You know. You know, that is
2: more like Mary Magdalene's experience. The Bible says that the perfume of oil she poured on Jesus' feet Mm. was worth a year's wage. Exactly. Now let's see what happens afterwards. So, I,
4: I give it out. And I was really believing God. I had to overcome that fear Mm -hmm. and give everything out. And I was really believing God that something is going to happen. Then, when we came to church, Daddy said that if you build God a house, He's going to build you houses and all that. And recently, I mean, before I got married, together with my wife, we got a land we're going into poetry. So we decided to put up a two-bedroom apartment Mm -hmm. before we do the structure for the bed. To be very honest with you, we put up the building in six weeks. Six weeks. Wow. Six weeks. One month, two weeks. This Do is you not remember foundation? how long
2: it took to build Alpha from foundation to the final thing? Six Months. Six months. Yes. And that it declared a word that if you have built God a house, God, God is going house. to build you houses. But sure. And as God as built as you as a, as a as house as in six weeks. In six weeks. From foundation to roofing two, level.
4: Two, yes. We, we wow. got to that place. and Wow. We were amazed. Even the people were doing, in fact, when we bought the land and then all that, they were all amazed. So the people trooped in calling, hey, Charlie, what's up? Right now, you've just finished with the whole thing. This is a wonder. Yes, and all of that. And in fact, with the wire, if you've built before, you know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Buying wires to do the electrical stuff is not easy. When we're given the cost for it, somebody called us. My, my in law's brother was like, Oh, uh, I'm done with my, my building, and there are a lot of wires in my house, I'm not using it. Uh, can you find a place to put it in another? And my father-in-law just went for the wire, brought everything, did the wiring. The only thing we paid for was just for the service, workmanship. Wow. for wow. workmanship. Wow, so it's been great. It's been that way. To be very honest with you, during the lockdown period, we started the poetry. One man who came to the site was like, are you the ones doing the poetry? You I said, yes. He said, oh, university graduates, you are doing poetry. He said, yes, said, okay. If you are doing poultry, then you will need maize to feed the chickens. Mm-hmm. And the man dashed at five acres of land. Amazing. Wow! Yes, wow. to do with wow. the farm. It happened wow. this, year. this year. This is not way back. Wow. This year, during the lo- so during the lockdown period, we were planting maize. Wow! Five acres with him. Wow. Ba- you are locking
2: pa- maize in the soil. W- yes, we yeah. were not
4: locked down. Wow! You get it. So I, I think that it, it's something that if you put there, it's like gravity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would it definitely come. Mm-hmm. And then all that. So overcome that fear. If we say we've not been given the spirit of fear, mm-hmm. one of them is letting the money go. Mm-hmm. Then all that. And yeah. stop asking whether you'll be saved, whether you'll go to heaven. You're already in heavenly places. So stop asking whether if you leave the money, you'll be saved. You're already saved. Just let the money go. Your salvation includes your money, and it's already safe. Yes. So yeah. let that money go. You know, actually, your ability
2: to let the money pass away from you is a way of you laying down your life as a sacrifice. Exactly. Because your money represents your sweat. Exactly. You know, when the earth was cursed because of the fall, the Bible said, "Cursed is the ground Mm. for your sake. And it says that, in the sweat thereof, Mm. you shall eat. Mm. So that means for money to come to you, you are going to sweat for it. Exactly. Meaning, if you are saying that this money has come to me, out of sweat and mm. I'm putting it down. Mm. You're just saying that, Lord, I'm laying my life down for yes. you. Exactly. As a sacrifice. Just
4: take it. And you should always know that immediately you put in the sacrifice, power is released. Right? Yeah. Jesus Christ was Jesus Christ doing all the miracles. Immediately he died and rose again. He power received was, a name. And he received a name. So you should know that you are not just parting with your money. You are asking for a divine intervention mm-hmm. you are calling for power and you should know that it's a sacrifice it's your blood it's your sweat yes. if you put it down get to know that power has been released wow
2: yeah. wow personally for me one amazing thing is you know last 2 years daddy gave pastors the targets yeah. and then last year I think he lowered the standard yeah. and I, I was just thinking to myself i mean Three years ago, I was able to give the targets he gave. And this time he had lowered it. And like Patrick said, there was that battle, whether to just part away with what has been given. But deep within, I, I just could hear the voice of God say that you can do better. The fact that the standard has been lowered doesn't mean that stay there. And I just told God that, okay, God, whatever it takes, I would want to, even if I can't do better, I would still want to do what I did the previous year. Yeah. And so I quite remember by then, I was saving up to rent an apartment. And I just decided to take that step. So I, did, within the first part, I sat down and then, you know, so I gave what daddy asked us to give, but I still didn't feel that comfortable. Mm-hmm. So whatever the money was for my apartment, I went to take that money, and then I came to give it. And amazingly, what I was saving the apartment I stay in cost more than what I was saving now how much it says that is my percentage in that is something very small I I just had people you are just there and then someone would just call and you know people that had even forgot I had even forgotten about someone just called I remember around that it was around leaders camp. the person just called my sister and then talk talk and the person just said okay meet me here the person just gave a check for us to go and cash you are there and then another person just calls like it was it was mind-blowing and you know amazingly i got a place where i have peace of mind you know it's like i don't think of issues tenant issues and all those things there is this total peace and satisfaction that i just enjoyed after that and moving there and I just realized that consistently I have not remained on one level almost every time it's like there's something significant Mm. and something tremendous happening with my finances and one mind-blowing thing is um I remember in 2016 I was diagnosed with a certain condition and from 2016 almost every year it sort of repeats itself Mm. and when it comes I stay at the hospital for days I spend money on it like real money on it and everything and a had a particular season in which it comes thanks be to god we have passed that season and I've not experienced, I've not even seen a trace of it.
4: Exactly. And,
2: you know, these are things that sometimes, if you don't put your mind to it, you actually don't really see what God is doing. That's how come David admonishes us to count our blessings and name them one by one. Mm -hmm. Then you see how good the Lord has been. And then, when you see how good the Lord has been, parting away with anything that comes from you will just become something that you do so easily and everything, yeah. you know, it, we should get to the point where actually even giving should move from the level of a sacrifice mm. to a love expression. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because you know, before you got married to your wife, moving from here to where she used to stay mm. wasn't a sacrifice for you, was it?
0: <laughs>
2: In the initial stages, when you were not really certain of the outcome. It felt like it was work for you. You don't
4: actually even think about it. You don't it, even yes. think so about I mean, it. Like...
2: So God is expecting that we get to the level where it's like we consistently cry mm. and, you know, mama a lot oh. when we are parting away with money to the place where it just comes like it's just Slow. our love. It's, a, it's we'll an love expression you. of our we'll love, love to him. We'll love and it. even that's we still can't find Mm. the exact amount to quantify Uh, our love for him. Because Mm. if you want to think from the perspective of the magnitude and the extent of his love for you, Mm. nothing you give him will be too much to say thank you to him. So I believe...
4: and One thing is this. I think we should not also be expecting the things in terms of monetary. Because when you say you are rich, what it means is that... You can be rich in your mind. Yeah. Anytime you speak, we we get a sense of an upliftment solution. For instance, sometimes even the way you do your things, Mm -hmm. your health could be your richness. So sometimes just check the amount of money you pay in a year to the hospitals Mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. When we say you are rich, when we say this richness are going to come to you after you've given these things, a whole year you might not be sick. Mm-hmm. A whole year, mm-hmm. you will not be paying some unnecessary stuff. Yeah. Sometimes, when money comes to you, you, you just realize that, Charlie, what did I do with the money?
3: Yeah. What
4: exactly? You can't really account for. Yeah. It means that you are sick in a certain area, yeah. you are falling short, you are not too rich in a certain yeah. area. But to be rich in all things, you have to part with your money yeah. so that in all things, you know that, Charlie, your health. Will be secure. In fact, your freshness will be secured. Uh, every you. time people see you are looking fresh and they yeah. are wondering, Charlie, what's happening? Because you
2: are not stressing, you're not thinking. Exactly. Because you know, science says that those who think, those who stress a lot, tend to age faster. Yeah. And you know, third John verse 2 says that I wish above all things that ye prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So once that prosperity is in play for you, everything pertaining to you is in order just as things are in order for you in your spirit. Come on. You are going to live in in that good place.
0: I also think that it feels good to give. I mean, it's only a rich man who gives. If, if it's the poor people have a mentality of always receiving yeah. yeah and if you're able to give easily it means that you are very rich exactly. it means that in your mind you have enough yeah. you have abundance because you have it's in abundance that's why you can afford to <clears throat> to just let it go yeah. so after giving personally i like to i i, I feel good i i over the period I've not given, I mean, formally, when, as Patrick said, in the training, at a point, you feel like you are departing with money, but after some time, it's good. It's just nice. I just feel good that I've been able to give to God. Yeah. That me, yeah. in me, I've, I didn't you give who to. Who
2: am I? <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: I'm not, I'm not giving it to, um, excuse me, a prostitute. I'm not giving it to something. I'm not giving in for a bad job. Somebody gives money mm. and it's to go and kill somebody. Mm. Somebody gives money and it's to go and steal something. Oh. But when it comes to me, my giving is that I'm giving it to God. Exactly, it's, It really feels good for yeah. me. Very, it's, it's, very, it's, it's, it's very good. Very good. You, you feel so proud.
4: You know, sometimes, for instance, if um, some of these secular musicians are coming, the way people sponsor you know? and people are very excited and enthused about the whole thing, I actually turn that thing in my heart that every time it's seed sowing and all that, it's, it's, it's a time of showing, yeah. To, yeah. to show something, to Some also courage. brag about the God that I serve and yeah. say that Charlie, I'm very proud of you, God, Charlie. I mean, let imagine me, me it this
2: me. way. The way MTN, would just come, MTN in collaboration with this, 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 mm. presents, manifests, or Shatawale, or yeah. Sax, you know, and then it's like it's a so it's more or less like God in collaboration with IKEA, God in collaboration with Roland, yes. you know, you are doing this exactly. and that and that and that exactly. and I mean, if if the world has so much gratification, partnering with secular things and they feel confident about it, it you know, for God to call forth a seed from me you means that you are rich in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like Pastor Phillips said, a poor man would just be thinking how I should hot, hot. You know, the poor think hot, 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 hot. So, they are always keeping. Yeah. They are always. Keep. Even how many poor people are philanthropists?
4: No. no, you know, the thing is that now money has changed from being money to currency. Yeah and currency just comes from the word current current so it flows so it flows so all you need to do is to create a channel for the money to flow yeah. so if you are holding it now it means that you are still in the archaic period. Yeah. Money will never do anything for you. Yeah. Yeah. But if you can now get to the point where you become a system by which money will flow, that currency yeah. will just go through you, then you've created a very nice channel for it. Yeah. And trust you, me. And man of God, do you flow? actually
2: know that when water current is prevented from flowing mm. and it stays at a particular stinks. place for a long time, it stinks. Yeah. So, as much as you are not letting your money go, what you're actually going to experience is that there is some form of decay or stinking. But oh. once you are letting it go, it's like there's that continuous supply mm. that's in inflow and outflow. Mm. And it's like it, there is always freshness around you, there's always newness around you. So, it's actually a good thing to just open your arms and let go. Okay, so what do I do? After I have given my seed, do I just go and sit down and then fold my arms? What exactly am I supposed to do when I'm done giving?
0: Hallelujah. 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 So after giving, the most important thing, okay, so I'll try and look at it before and after. The Bible says that God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward. So you should be very interested in your heart, your intention and your thoughts in giving. Um, And the best way to do it is that you have to condition yourself with the word of God. And I believe the messages that he is preaching together with past messages on seed sowing will help you a lot. I will advise that you pick those messages and have a nice camp meeting with them. So that God's word will work on your heart. Because the heart with which you are coming to give is very important. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Bible says that you should give ungrudgingly. say that everyone should give what he has purpose in his heart to give. He should give willingly. You should give without grudge. So it is very key that you work on these things. And for God loves a cheerful giver. So your giving should be in, you should give with joy. So you should work on the grudge that will come. That means that definitely there will be a grudge. Exactly. There will be something that will try and then prevent you from giving. You should work on it with the word of God. And then, as you have purpose in your heart, go and give it willingly. So, your giving is willing. That means that after giving, you don't make certain statements. What you say after giving is very key. You don't make statements like, we've given now, we are not seeing anything. That means that it wasn't willing. You were really, it was like compulsion. But in this time, the compulsion was not with a gun, but it was a compulsion in your heart. And the word of God will try and take care of all these things. And then you're supposed to give with joy as you're coming to give be excited even if it's your last money be excited that as for me oh even if i don't get anything i'm happy that as i lived in this earth, there was a day i gave my everything to god like there was a day even if nothing comes back or even after giving jesus comes i'll be excited that that opportunity i was given that strength that grace to give that and after giving what is very key is that your relationship with god from my point of view you should continue that relationship with god with the holy spirit because of most people's testimonies are along the lines of i gave this amount god multiplied it and gave mm-hmm. it to me it is very powerful yeah. in most instances it comes like that but one thing is that god passes his blessings through many channels one of the things i will touch on is ideas god can give you a very wonderful business idea god can let you meet somebody so your christian life after giving is very key there are some people after giving like have given like god is my bet so i put in one god should give me three Mm -hmm. because that's what the scripture like that is your mentality it's very limited god will help you but you might not enjoy a lot of things so what god does in most instances personally with my listen that i work i work in the hospital he's opened a lot of opportunities for me Mm -hmm. i've never had um, a, a point in my life when I have not been working or mm-hmm. an opportunity came or something by God's grace you get certain favors and certain opportunities will come your way so you have to implement those Christian values, you should be honest you don't give and after that you'll be dishonest or you'll not be somebody without without integrity so the wholesome, I mean it's, 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 a, it's a whole truth that you should know yeah. after giving your Christian life is very very key you don't live anyhow and expect God's blessing. The giving is one step. Mm. And then after that, create a room for God to bring many people in Jesus' name.
4: Mr. Okay. Patrick. All right. I think that, first of all, to give, you have to understand exactly what you are doing. And also understand God. And I believe that God actually is the giver of all things. So I think that before you give, first go to the source. And then plug yourself into the source, into the heavenly vault. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. Make the plans with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask God, This one week left. What can I do? Yeah. I need to raise this amount of money. Do that preparation with the Holy Spirit. Get tapes. In fact, if as at now, your heart is not beating towards 16, then it means that you are not getting yourself yeah. ready. Your heart should be beating by now. You should be thinking by now how to get to the money. And do that with God. And immediately you have prayed that prayer. You need to be creative. Reverend George taught us that hidden within a man's sperm is the creative ability. So if we are born of God, it means that we have creative abilities. abilities. We are are creative beings and all that. Be creative, be sophisticated in getting the money, convincing people. And I say that in getting those things done, maybe you don't have a job. But you're able to raise 5,000 Ghana cities from 20 people. What should that tell you? You You're a very good good marketer. marketer. Yes. So you should also open yourself to the process that you are going through Mm. and ask God to flood your mind with light so that you understand exactly what you are doing. If it is my job that has to come out of this giving, probably it will be given to you at the time of your preparation. So at the time of your preparation, what did you do? Who did you talk to? How did you go about it? That is your line of business in order. That That is how to open your vault. Yours might be different. I am a CEO. Probably I might be receiving from my other companies. But even with that, I want more. So I also have other keys to get into it. So know exactly what is happening. Know what you are doing. Know who you are. Plan with God. Immediately you've planned with God and prayed. Take action. Put those plans into it and make sure that you get their money. I have said that is a battleground. And then the least you have to come with, your sophisticated weapon that day, it's 700 Ghana cities, that's your drone. If you come with anything less than that, you have made just kids. get in mind that you are wearing socks to the battle, you're gonna lose. So get yourself prepared, get your armory. Talk to the God and don't talk. And after that, sit. After talking, get into action. Get their money. Bring it. That day, bring it. It's only when it gets to money giving that a lot of Christians want to be at the back of the mm-hmm. pack. Yeah. And in, all that. in every war, the skilled men, the generals, they are put in front. After the battle, they never die. Yeah. Why? They are skilled men. But those who are always at the back, they always leave their battle. Some of them get wounded, but the men in front, so strive to come in front, strive to come forward, be a skilled labor, a skilled warrior. So I think that is what you have to do. After that, after you've done that and then all that, now you've sown the seed. If you've sown the seed, Charlie, what are it? What are car. what did you pray to God about? You need to work, get to work very serious. About it, you got an idea to sell, let's say cocoa to raise the money for the seed sowing. After the seed sowing, you sat in the don't house. Stop. You don't want to sell the, the cocoa yep. again. You are killing the momentum. You yeah. get it. And this year we've been giving the catalyst. This year is ten in one. God has summarized things and put it in the drink for us. We are served with the best wine. What is the Holy Spirit? So we should know that we already have what to speed the process. Yeah. If you already have what to speed the process, start the process. Yeah. So get yourself doing something and then see wonderful things. If it's your uncle you are expecting, pray that your uncle's job will. And then after you are done with that, you got the money for me. Just expect more things from your uncle he you excel that way.
3: So. Powerful. Just to add to what he said. Um, I believe the way you prepare for it is also very important. One thing you need to understand is the fact that seed sowing is not like Sunday offering. So for some, they are thinking that, oh, Charlie, we've been giving every Sunday, so why why this seed sowing? I've been giving. God should just add all the giving I've given on Sundays and Wednesdays, and just consider it as my seed. No. One thing you need to understand is the fact that the principle that governs seed sowing is different from your offering. When the Bible Bible says give, and it shall be given unto you, is that also good measure, praise down, shaking together, running over, shall I cause men to add? Your offering brings addition, but sowing is different. The Bible says God ministered seed to the sower and multiply your seed sown. So so seed 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 sowing comes with multiplication. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God is the one. The Bible says he ministered seed to the sower. So don't think that, oh, with your own efforts, you are going to gather your own money and give it to God. No. The Bible says he's the one who gives us the power to make, to, to make world, world, that he will establish his covenant. Mm. So the reason why God prospers us is for the establishment of his kingdom here on earth. So anyone who decides to connect with this vision, God is going to supply. Mm. God is going to supply. He ministers seed to the sower. So go to God. Just like my brother said, go to God. Partner with him. God, how much do you want me to give? For me, my, my seed was ready about like a month ago. The day I heard that Basta has set this date for seed sowing, my wife and I came to agreement. We, we just prayed. and God gave me four contracts. Huge amount of money to sow. So this year, I've really prepared.
0: <laughs> I've
3: prepared so much that I even called Daddy ahead of time to ask him, Daddy, can I give my seed today? And he was like, no. Just, just hold on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So prepare your mind. Yeah, prepare your was, mind.
0: I think that... Um One thing we should also know is that after giving your seed work because the blessing of god the blessing of abraham comes through what What your hands what your hands what you touch Mm. so you don't give and sit down if you are already working when you give work towards a promotion just know that yours will be fast and easy if you are expecting god for a job as you have given move around with application letters Mm -hmm. go to places and then speak the favor of god If you are expecting increase in your business, maybe you are selling at a certain level and you are expecting that your business should go to a certain level. After giving, read ideas, look out for other things that can expand your business and expect God to bless it. So actually after giving, you shouldn't sit idle. You should work. Make sure that you are working. You are touching something. In the morning, you are moving out of your house. You are going somewhere and you are coming back because God will bless the work. Of your hand in Jesus' name. You know,
2: in Second Corinthians chapter nine, yeah. verse seven says that according as every man has purpose in his heart to give, let him give not gradually, but of necessity. But God loves yeah. a, cheerful a cheerful giver. Yeah. Then verse eight says that and God is able to make all oh, grace, grace abound toward you. Yeah that ye always having all sufficiency in all things always. may abound in every good work. Every good work. Now, my emphasis is on every good work mm-hmm. and then all grace abounding to you. And that is after you have given the seed. So I, I don't think I would want to see someone then after 16th you are done and then you are just sitting down. That's Some good. form of work has to take place. Deuteronomy 28 verse 12 says that, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the work of thy hand, that thou shalt lend unto many nations and thou shalt not borrow. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So just have that expectation that when you are done, the treasure house is going to be opened. I don't know what you want. When the treasure house is opened, we all have our needs, our desire. The key thing is, have the password to cash in into the treasure house. And that is your faith. And we've already spoken about how you can get that faith through the messages. Cash into that treasure house. And then just withdraw or get whatever you need from God. And like we said, don't sit down. The reason many people think that the whole concept of seed sowing is, like, is a work? fraud is because they don't do the thing with the right principle and the right understanding. Yeah. But I believe that from the testimonies that has been shared from different people from across the world, I don't think they can just come and sit here and then oh. tell you something that mm-hmm. is not true. Not and from how that we have seen from scripture that the principles really work. I want to encourage you to go all out don't let anything limit you. And actually, you know, your ability to give to God is one way of hearing from God. It's one way of you maturing because the devil would in no way encourage you to give to God. So, once you're able to defeat that thought or that voice that will want to say that don't give and then cross over and give. Know that you have been ushered into the place where you can consistently hear the voice of God in your life, in your Christian work. And I think on that note, we want to say a very big thank you to Daddy for the opportunity. We hand over back to our Father in Studio B.
1: Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Wow, what a blessing. Allow the Lord to stir you up. Thank you so much, Pastor Equia, Pastor Philip, Pastor Roland, and then Elder Patrick. Thank you for this wonderful, beautiful talk show. Allow the Lord to stir you up. Be stared. Allow the Lord to stare you up. What can you give to God? What is too much for God? What is too much for God? What is too much for God? There's nothing that is too much for God. You see, God is staring you up. As I've been talking to you, we've all been talking to you. God is staring you up. Staring you up. Staring you up. Bringing things to your mind. What you can do. You know, one of the things that you can do is you can raise money from various places. And God puts it in people's hearts, you know, to help you do what He wants done. Okay, that is why we do what we do. That's why we allow people, we we talk to people outside of our our ministry. Talk to someone who's influential, someone you know, that we are building God's house. If you are ready, if you want to give, you can give. We want to do something for God. People understand what it means to give, and they are ready to do it. If you look at Ezra, let's look at Ezra chapter 1. I want to show you some few things here before we go to the next thing. We have a a, a wonderful package for you today, so it's it's wonderful. Ezra chapter 1 from verse 1. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. Who stirred up the spirit of Cyrus? The Lord. So, the Lord is into stirring people's hearts. That's why I'm saying that allow the Lord to stir you up. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, next verse. Thus yet, Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and he has charged me to build him an house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. In other words, people don't just rise up to build God's house. They are stirred by God to do that. They are stirred by God. God has stirred us to get this done, to get this beautiful edifice done, and accomplish so many other things. We need so much to do so many things. We are buying lands. There, there's a land pending in whole right now that needs to be bought. Yeah, we are buying lands. There's a land that Castle that is we are spending. We are we are just waiting to receive so that we can pay for it and build on all these lands, build on all the because we have we have we have an aim of building seven structures, seven church buildings before the close of next year. We'll be turning ten years next year as a ministry, and want to thank God with ten buildings to His glory, Hallelujah! With seven buildings to His glory. Let's let's continue. It's Ezra chapter one. Now we're in verse 3. It says, Who is there among you of all his people? Who is there among you of all his people? I'm telling you now, who is there among God's people? His God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord of Israel, the Lord God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. Verse 4. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold, and with goods, and with beasts, beside the free will offering for the house of God. That is in Jerusalem. He says, let those who are around him help him. Let those who are around the people of God help him. Strengthen their hands, and whosoever remained in any place where he sojourned, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts, beside the free will offering for the house of God. That is in Jerusalem. So he was talking about special seeds that can be sold. like we are doing now. You can, you can talk to somebody We are doing this. Talk to someone. We are doing this. How much can you give? Can you give a thousand? Can you give two thousand? Can you give fifty cities? Whatever it is. Talk to somebody. Don't be shy. Hallelujah. Look at verse 5. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites with all them whose spirit God had raised to go up to build the house of the Lord which is in Jerusalem. God had raised up their spirit. Brother, God has raised up your spirit. To do something for the Lord. To build his house. Hallelujah.
2: God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.